What's up, future husbands and wives? And welcome to the Dating Life Podcast. I'm Nate J. Clark, your Latter-day Saint dating coach, and I'm here to talk dating on the road to eternal marriage. Melanie, thanks so much for coming on today. How are you? Doing well. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, I've been really looking forward to this, especially after um, yeah our, our conversation, kind of getting ready for it, and some of the some of the things you've already shared with me. Um, I just I feel really confident that you've got some things to share that a lot of our listeners are going to really benefit from and um, and be able to take and use in in their dating lives to to be happier and feel more successful at, at connecting. So yeah, thanks for being on. Um, do you want to introduce yourself to, to our listeners? Yes, definitely. Thank you. So my name is Melanie. I am 32 years old and I'm the oldest of nine kids in my family. Um, got have a lot of brothers, seven brothers. Oh, wow. And one sister. Yep. And then myself, I have to like sit there and think about that. <laughs> and then, um, I really love horses and I've loved horses my whole life. And I also love thinking about like business and, uh, investing. I like talking about money with people. <laughs> so those are some fun things about myself. Um, as far as dating is concerned, my dating career so far has spanned 14 awesome years and uh, continues forward. I have experienced online dating, um, using websites and apps. I have experienced lineups from you know trusted friends and sometimes people I don't even know. Uh, I've asked men out myself and have dated men who've also you know started out as close friends. And then, you know, also experience the process of meeting people in person uh, without the help of online apps and stuff. So um, a couple of other things that I just wanted to be sure to say and by way of introduction um, is that it is true. I have had firsthand experience with uh, individuals who are working with current or past situations involving pornography, substance abuse and addiction, um, sexual addictions and same-sex attraction. Um, and, you know, have had wonderful dating experiences overall, but have also experienced uh, an incident of physical trauma relating related to dating um, that resulted in the need to seek priesthood and professional assistance to work through. And I just wanted to be sure to make mention of that because um, for anyone listening who's experienced trauma in dating or other relationships, I wanted to be sure to just say that, you know, there is hope and there are people that are close at hand that are um, able to help you. So mm -hmm. that's something I wanted to be sure to just mention outright. Um, another interesting fact is that I have been nearly engaged once uh, ring purchased and all um, and most recently actually engaged um, with a temple date so gotten really really close to marriage <laughs> a couple of times <clears throat> excuse me um, and but through a turn of circumstances this most recent uh, time I chose to end that engagement this year and some of the thoughts that I have prepared for today are just you know lessons that have been learned and solidified and i continue to learn as i go through this process and 
um, you know, seek to build a happy life for myself as well as with somebody else in the future. So mm. uh, the one other thing I have to say is that, you know, views and opinions expressed are mine and very much in the process of being built and expanded and deepened. So there's that. I love that. I think one of my favorite things about you, Melanie, is is how positive you are. And and uh, yeah, the optimistic paradigm you choose to maintain um, throughout your experiences. Um, and I don't know. I, I think that I think that there's a lot that that people can learn from that because let's face it, like dating's rough. <laughs> like, yeah. You go through the ringer sometimes, and you get your heart broke, and it hurts, and you hurt other people, but you didn't mean to, and. So I, I just appreciate that you tend to you you seem to tend to have the perspective of like this is an adventure this is a chance to learn and grow for me and the people I interact with in my dating life and and I love that about you I think that's awesome and I think it's so cool that we both come from a family of nine kids um, I think that's also really fun <laughs> um, uh, what else did I get to say there was something else um, oh also. I, I'm looking forward to, to hearing more of your story, especially in regards to what you said you want to share about um, almost getting married, being engaged, because I'm of the believer that at least at least for those of us that are members of the church that want an, an eternal temple marriage, the goal has never been to just get married. Like the goal is a celestial marriage, right? Like the yeah. goal is to find someone who's a really good fit that you can be equally yoked with and um, be able to work so well together that you can turn outward and bless the world rather than spending all of your energy trying to make things work between you. Right. Um, I, it reminds me of a time when I was in the temple, um, the old Provo temple with my buddy, Josh. Um, and we were, I think we were waiting in line to rent some clothes or something. And, um, there was this, this cute little grandma temple worker that's standing there kind of just chit chatting with people. And, and she's like, hey, are you guys missionaries? And we're like, um, no, not anymore. I mean, remember missionaries, but <laughs> we're elders. <laughs> Both of us had returned from our missions at that point. And yeah, we're like, yeah, we're just good buddies. And they're like, are you guys like, are you guys both already married? Or we were like, no, we're not. We're still working on that one. And she was like, she's like, that's okay. It's better to be single than to be married to the wrong person. <laughs> I was like, oh, thanks. I'm, like it, it meant a lot. It almost felt like she gave me permission to like for it to be okay that I had chosen, you know, not to get married yet or to pursue relationships I could have pursued. And I was like, that's true. Like it really would. I don't know. I guess I've imagined several times like being married to someone that I didn't feel like was a great fit or that I didn't quite feel settled about or I didn't feel peace about it. And like, yeah, I, I know that I wouldn't have, uh, yeah, I just feel like it would have been harder than, than the loneliness of, of still being single as long as I was. So yeah. Any, any thoughts about that before I have you tee up with your, your three principles? Yeah, actually I do want to say something on that because I think you've hit the nail on the head. I, one of the biggest fears I had in when I realized that I may not be moving in the right direction by choosing to marry this individual was um, when I realized, it, when I, I was feeling fearful of 
other people and the you know the cultural expectations the um you know let's be real there is pressure that just seems to kind of mount as the years pass whether Mm -hmm. that's true or not it's often how it feels and so it might as well be true for those of us who feel it um and so i was really worried about like oh my goodness you know what if i what if i you know am perceived as being weak or or you know not willing to you know move forward and and fulfill uh duty to my covenants and you know pursue the celestial kingdom and all of this and and then i realized that you know what um there is more to it than just checking the temple box you know you need to make sure you said you use the word equally yoked that is so important to be able to feel that and and to have that together going into your lives um, that are going to go on forever. And so it's, it's a, you know, I don't say that to add more pressure because that can sometimes add pressure. Like, Oh my goodness, this is a decision that I have to sit with for eternity. Uh, But actually, you know, I I say it in a spirit of hope where, you know, I I discovered that um, I could choose my hard and the hard that I chose was to make the call uh, when I was feeling that unsettled feeling that, first so. yeah i love and that I felt much more peace just letting you know i did feel peace so i know i made the right decision yeah it sounds like you followed followed president monson's one of his last pieces of, of counsel it's better to choose the harder right than the easier wrong <laughs> right yeah that's really good i remember i, th- I think that was his last last or second to last talk he gave before he passed away. I remember him saying that and I was just like, Ooh, it's almost, you know, it's, it's, it's right up there with think celestial and, and, you know, let God prevail and <laughs> so many other awesome, awesome prophetic, I guess, one liners. So that's cool. Um, well, I'm excited to hear what your three principles are. Do you want to list those for us? Um, wait, three keys you said. Yes. Right? Yeah. So I've come up with a fun little title for my little, a section of thoughts here and yeah. I, I've called it shampoo baseball and dancing in the rain three keys to intentional relationship building and finding joy in the journey <laughs> okay hold on I gotta write that down that's awesome <laughs> shampoo baseball and dancing in the rain yes sir dancing in the rain and then what was after that three keys to intentional relationship building and finding joy in the journey. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. Okay, you want to start with your first key? Sure. First key coincides with shampoo, which equals love and respect. So I'm going to put in a little plug for a book, that uh, two books actually, that I just read um, this year. One is called Love and Respect. And it was an excellent book. Uh, the second book is called Love Factually. And both very different books, but both really good. And I found them personally beneficial and insightful. But um, I'm going to, for all, each key, I have a, a story and then a principle associated with the story. So this story is not about myself, um, but this is where the shampoo comes in. Uh, there, I recently heard a, another podcast where there was a guest, the guest on the podcast was a couple, 
and they were telling a story about how she, the wife, got really, she was expecting a baby. Um, they were very excited, so, so happy. They had tried and tried and tried and they finally were expecting. Um, and then she, the wife got sepsis, which is a life-threatening condition that were, arises when the body's response to infection causes injury to like its own tissues and organs. So basically your body's like attacking itself mm. and it's a very serious condition. And so she was hospitalized and this was in the high, at the height of the pandemic. And so she was hospitalized alone. Her husband couldn't be there with her. She literally was in a room by herself uh, dealing with this sickness and um, due to the serious nature of the illness, she lost the baby mm. and um, had to go through all of that without her husband physically being there to support. And anyway, she was there for, oh, I think it was about two weeks that she was in the hospital. And finally, they allowed her husband to come in. And her husband, when he came, he brought shampoo and conditioner. And he washed her hair because she hadn't been able to wash her hair or bathe mm -hmm. the whole time that she was there. And I just thought, as I listened to that, it just really hit me because I thought, you know, that there are a billion different things that he could have shown up with. There are a billion different you know, ways he could have entered that hospital room after, you know, worrying about her so much and all of this happening and losing their child and their unborn child and and things like that. Um, yet he chose to think about her and, and what he could do to help her and, um, and then selflessly serve. And she, on the other hand, was, you know, also humble enough to accept that service from him. And, um, you know, even in the height of, she still was in very, uh, delicate condition. You know, they still weren't sure if she was going to survive. And, uh, so I heard that, I heard that story and I heard them share that story with each other on that podcast. And I thought, you know, that is a beautiful example of what, you know, I think we sometimes um, talk a lot about what love feels like. Um, but what does love actually look like? And couple that with respect too. And you have this beautiful union of two huge characteristics that when developed in a person can just be so, so effective at, at maintaining and holding together a relationship, even in a really hard time. So I have a thought, um, you know, we all need to feel this. We all need to feel loved and respected. Um, but, uh, and, and that, that goes for in, in action as well as word and emotion. You know, so there's kind of these three, you know, that we show love and respect through action. We show it through words and we show it through, you know, we, we feel it in our emotions as well. Um, but they're kind of three, three separate things that we can think about um, separately and as a whole. Um, and so I had a word for both uh, the men and the women. The men, you know, uh, something that I learned in this book was that it's helpful for men to remember that it's especially important to women to feel loved. And again, I'm speaking in general terms here um, and from my personal experience, but it's 
highly effective to find her love language and you know practice using it and it's something that really means a lot to women in addition to feeling respected and then on the other hand um to men um i i have a lot of brothers and a lot of friends who are men and they all really place a lot of value on feeling respected as well as love but respect is a big big deal um and so you know for for us women i think it's important for us to remember that it's it's important to them and and to find things ways that help him feel that respect that we have for him and and we actually do that do those things show those things say those things um to the the men in our lives because it really is important that they feel that we respect them and again you know it goes both ways to both genders for all of those principles but um you know telling each other the things you love and respect about each other that's, that's a big a big deal showing it and then you know communicating the feelings as well there's those three parts that make the whole yeah yeah i love that it sounds to me like if i were to sum it up your first key is um the importance of um feeling respected and feeling loved and showing respect and showing love is that right yep mhm yeah that's correct reminds me of um the internship i did with elisa goodwin snell she's um a dating coach that used to also do marriage and family therapy and um she she has her 17 secrets to the male psychology and 17 secrets to the female psychology and both of them talk about um a, a, a wide um, array of things, but one is, um, I guess, two specific points are each of their needs and each of the things they find attractive. And I remember the needs were for men, it was to feel trusted and respected, and for women, it was to feel safe and secure. Um, and I think that there's a lot of a lot of connection there with what you just shared is. Is yeah. those those needs obviously women want to feel trusted and respected too, right? And obviously men want to feel safe and secure in a relationship too. But the ratios might be slightly different um, if we're talking generally about the two different genders. Um, right. And and I also loved what you said about it being important for us to be willing to put in the effort to learn to speak someone's love language, even if. It, it's not what we grew up learning how to speak. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, it, my, my wife and I are, are learning those things. Um, I grew up in a household where um, there was more verbal like affirmations, right? Lots of, uh, I guess, words of affirmation than there was in her, in her family. Um, and in her family, like playing games together and quality time was a really big one. And so like, we're both kind of learning how to speak more of each other's kind of favorite love language and, and it's work. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it comes naturally sometimes, especially, you know, if board games aren't my favorite or if, you know, saying really ooey gooey things aren't her favorite, like that's okay. Like we can all learn and that's, you know, that's something that I guess love takes work. Connection takes work. There's a price to pay for connection and for love and, and, uh, Yeah. To have that kind of healthy relationship. <laughs> yes. That's great. I love that. Any other thoughts on the first key? 
No, first key, that's that's that. I can move okay. on to baseball because there's a story for that one too. Um, cool. Let's play baseball. Have... <laughs> Let's play baseball. <laughs> so, so the, the uh, what virtue associated with baseball is communicating for understanding. Not just communicating, but communicating for understanding. So... Um, there was a situation. I went on a date right after I got home from my mission with a guy who I, his, his name was Drew and he did, <laughs> I have to say in, in preface to this story, he was very, very brave uh, because he just kind of literally like ran into me on the street corner. It had been like two years since he'd seen me and he just asked me out right there on the spot. So I have to hand it to him for being a very brave soul to just go at it and just, you know, ask me. And it was very, I was like, of course, yes, I'll go to a baseball game with you. <laughs> so we ended up at this baseball game. And uh, I, we're, I'm watching baseball. I, I still don't understand baseball very well, though I was enjoying the moment um, and trying to understand and, and, you know, learn more about the game. And, <laughs> and he had bought some sunflower seeds as well as, you know, of course, I had gotten a, a hot dog and a nice big thing of lemonade. So I was there enjoying my hot dog and lemonade. And um, we were uh, watching the baseball game and he offered me some sunflower seeds. And I said, oh, yeah, you know, sure, I'll take some sunflower seeds. And um, was uh, going forward with like, how that, <laughs> you know, like passed me the sunflower seeds and um, and I I took them and I popped them in my mouth and I started crunching away and I realized like, gosh, these sunflower seeds, they're not as like chewable as the sunflower seeds I'm accustomed to eating. And <laughs> anyway, as I, as I continued to, you know, eat these sunflower seeds, they just would not go down. And finally I was like, you know, I can't just like spit them out. So I grabbed my, <laughs> my drink and I took a giant swig of lemonade and just gulped them all down. <laughs> and, and then I continued watching the, the baseball game. And, and a couple seconds later, I, I realized he was looking at me kind of funny. And I, I, I said, what? <laughs> And he, he was like, you know, you're supposed to spit them out, right? And uh, I was like, oh, am I supposed to spit them out? Somehow, in 20 whatever years of my life, I had never known that or like been taught how to like you know, shell sunflower seeds. So I ate the shells and all. And uh, like, why do I have a mouthful of slivers? <laughs> I am okay. I suffered no ill health issues because of that. Thank goodness. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was really funny. We both laughed super hard after the realization dawned. Um, but wow, what a perfect example of you know me seeing something, thinking I understood, and then you know just a kind of a little misunderstanding. You know, translating into something that wasn't at all what actually was. And then him, you know, from his perspective, watching me, you know, just down eight 
sunflower seeds shelling out all, you know, <laughs> I can only imagine what was going through his head, right? <laughs> and so, and so um, you know, sometimes the principle is, you know, sometimes something you think you understand gets close, but without a little more context from one or a question from the other to encourage the exchange of thought, it can be difficult to not end up feeling like you just swallowed a handful of sunflower seeds, right? And and you're both kind of just like they're trying to figure it out. And um, so resist the urge to jump to conclusions prior to seeking understanding. Yeah, I like that. I definitely have comments on that. But first, you you made me think of a of a time where I had quite the blunder on a date. <laughs> Me and this girl went on a date at a park and it was like fall. So it was like kind of like cooler weather. And so I was like, I'm going to bring like a thermos of hot chocolate and some whipped cream and we can like make fancy hot chocolate at the park. And so I did. And I had like one of those shaking bottles of whipped cream. And then my thermos was just like, like a water bottle that was like a thermos type water bottle. And, um, I had like left the lid off and there was still probably like that much hot chocolate in the bottom after we had been talking for a while. And I was going to get some more whipped cream. And so I grabbed what I thought was the whipped cream can and started shaking. <laughs> Covered us both in hot chocolate. Oh, I got so wet. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So <laughs> you're not the only one who's done something silly on a date before. <laughs> And to all you listeners, I'm sure that you should just know you're not alone either now. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and I love the analogy you, you drew from yours um, of, of communicating for understanding. Um, it makes me think of an awesome CD set that they sold at um, Desert Book for years. And I think they have it on bookshelf now. It's called For All Eternity by Dr. Lund. And it's a communication, um, a series of communication uh, seminars that he did where it was like the same people coming back every week for like six to eight weeks, um, married couples. But I think it was supposed to be like specifically for like newlyweds. Maybe he talked about people that had been married a long time too. But anyway, member of the church, studied communication. And um, he talked about how um, most of most of what we are trying to communicate never actually gets through to the other person in general. <laughs> like they, they understand a very small percentage of what we meant to communicate. And that's just everyday conversations. Um, and he talked about how in his graduate work, the best technique they ever found for, um, for increasing that, that percentage that people actually understand to like, I don't know, I think it was pretty close to 100%, was something he called content communicating. And um, he, it's basically where you just spell it out. Like, there's no sarcasm allowed. There's no, like, beating around the bush. There's no hint dropping allowed. Like, you spell it out. And, um, and not only do you spell it out, but the other person has to receive it as if you'd spelled it out. So if one of you accidentally says something sarcastic, for example, one of the examples he used was, say, the husband's like, hey, honey, you want to go to the movies? And the, and the, and the spouse, the, the wife is like, yeah, I want to go to the movies. His <laughs> response, if, if, if they've agreed to content communicate, is great. Let's go. Let's get in the car. I'm excited. I'm glad you're excited, too. 
even though she's obviously not excited, right? <laughs> but he talked about how if, if people, if, if two people decide to content communicate, way more understanding actually crosses from one person's brain to the other. Um, and I thought that was fascinating. Really, really good set of, of communication principles taught in that thing. Highly recommended. It. It's called For All Eternity for all of our listeners that want to learn some, some really cool, yeah, relationship communication principles. I love that. I actually just bought that book. So oh, I did have you? yet to read it, but I will. Yeah. I'm it's a book too? Yes. Yeah. I oh, have cool. it in print. Got it off Amazon. So. Okay. Yeah. That's but awesome. I, how many times have we actually, you know, sat there in a situation, whether it's in a dating relationship or even in my professional, you know, I'm an executive assistant and office manager for uh, by for my career. And I almost, oh, almost every day I have these moments where you're just wondering, wait, am I fully understanding you know, is what that person said? You know, it's, it's hard to sometimes resist the urge to read between the lines because sometimes people communicate that way expecting that. Mm-hmm. And I, I really don't like that feeling. I try to avoid that in my personal communications. So, but, you know, we're all working on it and we all have our moments. But it's, it's a huge principle that I totally agree with what you just said. Because, if, you know, if you think about the, the energy that you use and and i would even go so far to say waste <laughs> you know trying to understand and decode you know people's <sighs> communications man it'd be so much better to just say in a in a dignified way you know what yeah. you mean and mean what kind you say. considerate ways mm-hmm. yeah i love that yeah content communicating yes uh, taking taking things at face value when, when, you know, it's something that you've agreed on, I guess there, there are times where you haven't agreed with a coworker to content communicate. And so you have to read between the lines a little bit, but <laughs> wouldn't it be great if the whole world did that, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And sometimes just asking questions can get that, like, get it to a point of being point. like, oh, people are willing to share if they feel like they're able to, to share. So that's helpful. Yeah. Being, being a safe place and Yeah. I like that a lot. That's cool. Um, yeah, anything else on, on key number two? Well, we're ready for point number three. Key okay, number three. Rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So key number three is dance in the rain. And my sub point to that is just be present. Be present mm. in the now. This is something that after... Um, ending my engagement with Mason, I thought, you know, this is something that I want to really practice um, going forward because I don't want to turn cynical. I don't want to become so caught up in in the sadness. You know, make no mistake, I sit here and I smile and I laugh and I am positive, um, but it, there have been many tears shed and many, many, um, you know, prayers offered up, just asking for understanding, you know, asking for Heavenly Father to help me see what it is I need to learn from this journey. 
And so there are moments that dancing in the rain does not sound fun <laughs> or, or being present in my you know, singlehood does not sound like something that I want to keep doing. Uh, but uh, there's, there's this image that I've been holding in my mind. Um, and this is, I'm going to exp explain this image and then I'll share the principle um, behind it that when I think about it, I remember. But uh, as, I, as I move forward here into this next chapter of my life, I just picture myself standing out in a beautiful, you know, it could be a spring rain, summer rain, fall rain, something where you're not too cold, not too hot, and you're just out there, no umbrella, looking up at the sky with your arms open, your head up, and just taking in what is, what's coming to you. And, you know, the rain, the rain could represent I'll let you decide what it represents to you. To me, it represents, you know, the good and the bad. There, you know, you're, you get you get a little bit of both or a lot of one and less of another, uh, depending on what period of life you're in and what you're going through at that moment. But um, it's all coming to you. And um, it's been wonderful to envision myself there in that rain with my arms open not just you know huddled under you know some eve somewhere just waiting for it to pass but actually like seeking to to feel it to experience it and to embrace it and then like dance in it not just stand there but like dance i like mm -hmm. to dance so <laughs> <laughs> that's my that, imagery <laughs> i love that it's so good i like to dance too it's uh I feel like it can be such a, I don't know, such a cool way to kind of celebrate life and feel gratitude for the, the blessings we have. Um, yeah, you made me think of like being in the moment and kind of living in the now made me think of, uh, I don't know, how I wish I would have done that more in my, in my dating life. Um, I was a very, very proactive dater. And if we're talking about like attachment styles, definitely edged toward like the anxious side where I was like overly proactive a lot of times. And for a long time, dating kind of was my social life. Mm. Like I spent like most of my free time with other people doing fun things on dates. And I don't know that that's necessarily like a horrible way to go about it for the first little while after like you know, we kind of reach adulthood and start college or finish a mission or whatever um, because it's good to, to get lots of practice, right? But I would say that if I could go back and change it, I would have lived more in the moment and been more in the present by um, enjoying the friendships I was making, um, spending more, more of my social lifetime enjoying and deepening friendships too. Um, I think that that would have uh, helped me like be a little bit less stressed and anxious if I had spent, you know, rather than 100% of my free time on dates, if I had spent like 30% on dates, always open, obviously, to, to ask someone out or meet someone new, um, keeping doors open. Um, but I wish I would have spent like 70% um, of my free time doing... Um, fun things with, with family and with friends and planning, you know, planning extracurricular adventures and stuff that I 
that just don't work with my schedule now that I'm married and, and, we, and we have a baby, right? Um, lots of my friends, you know, would plan trips to, to faraway places and do fun things. And I almost never went <laughs> because I was working or, you know, I, I was so focused on like, yeah, well, you know, I already know who's going and I'm not interested in any of them. It's like, well, that's not the only reason to like go have fun and enjoy life and be in the present. So I wish I, I wish I would have, would have done that differently. And that's, that's something that I hope helps, helps our listeners is that, you know, living in the present and just being grateful for what God has given you right now and, and thoroughly enjoying that rain as it comes down. Um, there's a lot more to that than just enjoying getting to know the people you're interested in and going on dates. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that's such a good, I totally agree with you. And I love that perspective because it can sometimes be easy to lose sight of the here and now in our desire to progress towards the future and you know, you try to plan. I'm a, I'm very much a planner. It serves me well in certain areas of life and in my profession and everything. But, uh, but sometimes, yeah, especially in relationships and and with dating, it, the moment is so crucial. So, yeah. 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 So true. Not to mention, <clears throat> I've really felt like. I've really felt a shift in my ability to deepen friendships and, and make new friendships. Like I can still make new friends now that I'm married and we have a baby, but so much of my time and energy has to be focused on that high priority of family that to be honest, I feel like most of the time I do spend with friends is maintaining friendships that were already deep when I got married. Um, and I never really anticipated that. I never really anticipated that shift from like being able to stay up late talking to a friend and, you know, and connecting and hearing their story and, you know, comforting them or being comforted by them when you're going through something hard or, or just laughing and being silly. Like, I, I think I took some of those things for granted a little bit um, because I just didn't, I never quite grasped the fact that those precious moments of, of deep connection and building like lasting friendships, they aren't going to come nearly as frequently after you start a family because there's a higher priority now. And so it's like, I'm really, really grateful. Like I, I wouldn't trade the time um, I had to build those deep friendships and connections for anything, even getting married earlier because they continue to bless my life now. You know, um, and so, yeah, I feel like that's another way that we can live in the moment is, is drinking the opportunities we have to build and deepen friendships and minister, frankly, to other people like we'll never have again in our lives. I think that is a key and maybe a question that we could all ask ourselves in the here and now. Just sit down with yourself and ask if if something were to happen to me tomorrow that completely changed my circumstances mm. from what they are today, whatever that is, um, don't even label it. Just ask if something were to happen that completely changed my circumstances, what would I miss mm. about today? You know, what would I wish that I could go back and do more of? I was finding some of that happening to me 
in uh, this last you know situation with my engagement, and I, and so when I had, interestingly, what I view as a second chance, or maybe maybe it's a third chance at this point, <laughs> but to, to go back and and to now kind of hit the reset button and try again, having learned yet more lessons from those experiences and the ones that I've had prior as well, I have found myself really valuing certain certain things that I was really going to miss. Like, yeah, like the friends that I've had that have been with me through this all and through some really happy times and some really sad times. That's actually one of the, the principles um, or just like pieces of, of insight that I wanted to say on this point was that, you know, look around as you're trying to be in the here and now look around at who is there with you um you know find the ways to feel peace now today learn new things be true to yourself resist the pressure that will come um and after after all that and as you do all that excuse me look around at who's there with you and and just you know, hold those experiences and those people dear because, and then and then take those lessons into the next chapter of your life, you know? Mm-hmm. Cause like, there's gonna be things that, you know, when you have your little baby that you won't be able to get back, you know, when you have, when that baby's grown and, you know, out of the house and, but then you have grandkids or then you have, you know, the next, every chapter has something that is just so precious to, gain from it so yeah yeah i agree i agree i've been thinking a lot about friendship um something i just put in my book that i was recording i'm recording an audiobook right now um Mm -hmm. for the book i want to launch soon and one of the things i've been thinking about is is how those that learn to be really really good friends while they're single make really really good husbands and wives when they're married (laughs) I agree with that because ultimately like the honeymoon phase is a thing and you know you can keep that spark and that fun romantic energy alive but there does come a point where you know most of your day with with your spouse is just like hanging out with a best friend and and it takes it takes communication skills and patience and empathy for that friendship to um, be a healthy, happy one that you enjoy, right? Um, and so that's something I've been thinking about a lot lately too. And you know, another way I think we can live in the here and now is by improving our ability as friends, um, which is only going to bless our, our our marriages in the future. That kind of a thing. I agree. So yeah. true. Well, there's even ways to find that nourishment in the hard times like that. I wanted to, you know, I, I have a tendency when I speak to, because I practice a lot looking at the positive, you know, that's, that's something that always comes forward first, but there are definitely those moments when you really don't feel positive. You really don't feel that happy, rosy outlook. (laughs) It's people tell you, Oh, be patient. Or people ask you, how is it that a you know great girl like you who did it that, and they usually have some qualities that they list off, I'm sure it happens to guys too, is still single? 
And uh, <laughs> in those moments, I sometimes go, oh, you know, if you find out, I would love to know. You know? <laughs> but, and, and, you know, you just have to kind of laugh about it. Otherwise, you cry. Um, but there, I've been there. <laughs> totally been there. Yeah, but, but that's, that's something that I wanted to be sure to talk about in this last point is just, you know, trying to be grateful even when you feel like you may not have much to be grateful for, trying to see that positivity even when um, it can feel really hard at times. I remember a moment after um, after making one of my very hard relationship decisions, um, hanging up the phone with uh, the guy that I was going on dates with that I was had just broken up with um, and feeling like I couldn't, literally like I couldn't breathe. Like there was just, I called my dad and I was crying and I was talking to him. And then, and then when I got off the phone, I remember sitting and thinking, I don't know if I can handle like the next two minutes, you know, my, my heart is just mm. breaking. It mm. felt so sad. And the thought of surviving, you know, <laughs> a, a happy life for the next however many years until the right opportunity hit me, you know, or I found that right opportunity. Um, it was really, really daunting. And so just, you know, it's it's one of those moments where you can, it, it, it was helpful for me to remember that I could just focus on the next minute. I could focus on the minute after that. I didn't have to go all the way to the end and work backward. And here I am today, many minutes later, many days later, and um, yeah, not without my challenges and stresses and, you know, things that I'm constantly working on, but definitely having built some more hope and definitely really seeing the things that are coming down in that rain that are good too, in addition to, you know, the learning experiences that can be labeled challenges. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like that a lot. That's another good definition of living in the moment, just taking things one minute at a time, you know, one day at a time when things are hard. And I think I another, yeah, going along with that, being willing to live in the moment of pain so that you can understand, you know, so you, so you can learn whatever it is God wants you to learn from that pain because there's usually something that uh, that we can... For me, oftentimes, it's like, man, I feel like really anxious right now, or I feel really fearful, or I feel really hurt. And it's like, for me, oftentimes, if I ask myself the question, man, well, first off, if, if I'm feeling like my emotional reaction is a little bit more extreme than it might be under other circumstances, if I ask myself the question, what does this remind me of? Oftentimes, I can think of another situation where I felt hurt or whatever the emotion is, that maybe I never fully resolved, that maybe I never fully came to peace with. And if I, if I readdress the one that were reminded me of in the past, and I kind of take a, a new, a new look at that, that past experience through my, you know, older eyes now, then I can oftentimes kind of like understand it better. And like, 
give myself some slack or forgive the person that hurt me back then because they were just a kid or whatever. And all of a sudden I feel better about that experience. And all of a sudden I feel a less, less extremely negative about the present and sometimes completely better. Um, and so I think that's another interesting way to think about um, living in the present is not running away from or numbing the pain, but asking ourselves, why is this so painful? What does this remind me of? What is it God wants me to learn or change about, um, you know, what ch- change about my paradigm about relationships, right? Is there something from the past I need to, I need to readdress and kind of think through again and change a belief, you know, something I'm believing that's not quite true about relationships or about myself in relation to the world or anyway, we're, we're getting kind of, you know, I don't know. This is, this is kind of uh what's the word? Some people would term this airy fairy or, or things like that. We're kind of diving into a deeper, um, way of talking about this. But, um, I, for me, that really has been super helpful, um, is living in the moment, um, and trying to process work through and come to peace about things rather than running from them. I really love that. And I wrote that down actually. Thank you. (laughs) That's that's a great question that I think will really help me because I tend to lean towards the more, if I'm going to be either avoidant or anxious instead of in a more secure place, I definitely lean towards the anxious and it usually is because of something, you know, that I'm reminded of yeah, from, from the past. And, and so that's really a good key. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get it when it comes to the tending toward the anxious, my, my roommates and I, um, we used to always ask each other that question if one of us was really upset because of a, you know, really, really, really in pain or really sad or whatever. And it's like, Hey, can I talk to you about something? I just like got to get this off my chest and we start talking and, and, and oftentimes me and me and a specific roommate would be like, Hmm, well, what does that remind you of? It's like, Oh yeah. Um, that one relationship that went really poorly and you're right. I need to rethink that. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Let's talk through that. Okay. Yeah. I feel better. (laughs) that's great it's amazing what turning on like the the like thinking part of your brain that's what we call it in my family Mm. we've got our little emotional piece of our brain but then we've got the thinking center of our brain you know if you just sometimes it's just one question that can help and turn that tide and and wake you up and be like oh yeah okay (laughs) logically everything's gonna be fine Emotionally, I'm still a little raw, but right, yeah. <laughs> logically, I know it's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's awesome. Well, these have been such valuable keys, Melanie. Thank you. Um, do you have any final recommendations you want to share with our listeners today? Yes, I just have one final thought. And that goes for, this goes for everyone, anyone who's listening I I would just say, as I was thinking about sharing thoughts and experiences on this podcast, I I just I thought, you know, what could I possibly say <laughs> that you know would be something that you know sometimes it's easy to feel like you're you're kind of almost an imposter uh, syndrome where you're like, well, mm. you know, we're all still here, we're all still. <laughs> 
trying. You know, I am the girl that's unengaged, right? Uh, what could I possibly say? But this is something that um, it all boils down to for me and, and, as, and I would like to share with, with everybody. And that is trust that there is a reason for the experiences you are having today, the ones you had yesterday, and the ones that will come tomorrow. Mm. And that you can say and trust and believe in whatever situation you're in right now. Like, you know, you could be married and with a beautiful baby and a beautiful wife or a handsome husband. You could be single and happy, single and sad, <laughs> you know, single and somewhere in between for now in a relationship, but not married yet. And uh, just just trust that there is a reason for the experiences you're having today, mm. yesterday, and tomorrow. Yeah. Wow, I love that. God doesn't waste any of the experiences he allows, he allows us to go through. Or, or to put that in scriptural terms, all things work together for the good of the righteous. Yeah. And that means yesterday, today, and tomorrow. <laughs> Amen. Uh, I love that. Thank you. Um, yeah. I think you hit on I think you hit on a point that people can probably relate to in a lot of areas in their life is the imposter syndrome. I felt that for years with trying to be a dating coach while I was still single. <laughs> I literally I literally did a fireside for I think it was it was at least one steak. It might have been a couple steaks, and I did a Q and A at the beginning. Uh, just like I I liked to start off where I was like any any burning questions before I start with what I prepared. This one guy raises his hand and he's like why should we listen to you? You're not even married. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> cause I care and I study this stuff and I want to help. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I get it. The, it's, it's so easy to feel like if we haven't achieved a specific, you know, beginning of a new chapter in our lives that, it's so easy to feel like from a worldly perspective, we don't have anything to offer. And that's a complete lie. Like we always have something that, that we can offer when we care enough to share. <laughs> when yeah. we, when we have a desire to help, there's value to be shared there and um, value to be received if people are willing and open to receive it. And so, yeah, I, yeah, I guess just for all of our listeners, like, Mel everything Melanie shared today is on point and and it's valuable and I highly recommend um using it in your lives. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Cool. Well, Melanie, thanks again for coming on. Any last thoughts? No, just thank you so much and uh, let's all just keep going forward with a smile, right? I love it. That positivity again. There it is. <laughs> the adventure continues, right? <laughs> it does. It does. It's a good adventure. <laughs> Cool. Thanks again, Mally. Thank you. Okay, my friends, thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check out more of my content and services at natejclark.podia, that's P-O-D-I-A.com. And I'll catch you next time.